And now, the number one stand-up comedy podcast in Fiji. What time is it? It's Queen Comedy Time! Welcome to the Clean Comedy Time podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today, our guest is Dwayne Brake. Dwayne is a New Jersey-based comedian, lives in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, which is kind of near Philadelphia, at Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and uh, he joined us at our Christmas time show near the Philly area, and we're going to talk to him about the good, the bad, and the funny. Because my 16-year-old, like, I can't relate to her because of her language, like the things she uses, right, the language she uses. Like, she says everything is lit. Do you guys know what this is? It means lit yeah, I heard, yeah. You know what lit is? Lit, lit means awesome. Like, when things are lit, it's awesome. Like, she's like, my wardrobe is lit. My room is lit. You know, my friendship is lit. School is lit. And I have to remind her, I need you to unlike some of this stuff because I got to pay the electric bill. <laughs> oh, oh, Dwayne Brake, thank you for being on the show. Yes, Dwayne, it is lit to have you here. <laughs> Brian, B-A-A-A-Ron, uh, thank you so much for inviting me on. And oh, yes, my very enlightened teenage daughter who keeps things lit in our house. It is awesome. Thank you. Oh. Now, Dwayne, if I remember correctly, you've uh, she was 16 when we did the show. She's got to be 17 by now, I imagine. Yeah, I have a I have a 17-year-old rising senior, rising mm. high school senior, and uh, who's learning to drive. So that's another episode oh. right now. That's oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's happening in the break household. Um, very good girl, but yeah, she has advanced in age. Have you told her yet to hit the brakes? Mm. Very nice. Uh, Does that joke ever a, get old? Does that really? I know, right? So, so when we so when we uh, say our last name, we do have to spell it because some people defer to. Uh, B-R-E-A-K, but it's, you know, B-R-A-K-E. And so my wife will say, you know, her first name and last name break, like break on a car, you know. So, yeah. So, yeah, those puns never die. Those puns never <laughs> die. Uh, I'm always distressed at how few people know that those words are spelled differently. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that that would distress me, too, I, you know, because yeah. it's my name. But, yeah, right. just come on, people. Grammar, you know, early come on. Yeah. Elementary grammar. Yeah. Gotcha. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, so you've got uh, two, and they're both girls. You have two girls, is that right? Seventeen uh, and thirteen. Yeah, seventeen and thirteen. Right. So the seventeen-year-old is a junior. Will be a senior next year. The thirteen-year-old is in the eighth grade. Will be a ninth-grade freshman, and they'll be in the same high school for one year. So mm. you know, it, it. So my my older of the two is. You know, I got to look after my little sister when she gets to high school and the, the younger of the two is kind of stressed out. But, you know, there's some comfort level with, you know, my older daughter being being there. So but she'll be able to drive to school next year uh, and, and grab the little one on her way out of the door. So, yeah, so it's a, it's a good time. It's a good time. Nice. Now, uh, when I um, first uh, met you, it was really just, you know, over the Facebook and Internet and everything, because I was going to do the show in Philadelphia area and I needed some people to come on the show. And you I'm so thankful that you jumped up and said, me, me, I'll I'll do it. And you had good videos, some really funny stuff to work with. So that was really funny. But when I met you, I didn't think you were old enough to have kids that age. <laughs> to make myself feel younger. I'm at the point now, man. I, I, I think I might start lying about my age. I know this is a long term uh, 
and you look younger than the age that you are, people say you look amazing, right? They say, what do you have? Found a youth in your backyard? But if you tell somebody your age and you look older than your age, right away they want to pray for you, they want to put hands on you. I know for sure, I don't look good for 41, but for 67, I look amazing. It's going to be my new age, 67. I look amazing. Well, it's been a year, so you must be 68 now. Well, well, qualifier, I'm not 67. That was was a comedic exaggeration. What? Uh, Yeah. I am. I am. I will be be 57, though, uh, my next birthday, which will be uh, this July. And I appreciate the compliment, you know, me not looking old enough to have, you know, children that age. But, you know, as. As you can tell from my age and the ages of my daughters, you know, my, my wife and I actually started our family, you know, late. I was in my 40s. I was I just I just turned 40 after my oldest uh, girl was born and 43 when the younger mm. of the two were born. So, yeah, so that's the that's the so that's the thing, you know, with me getting older and, you know, having children almost a generation in between. So, you know, around school events. Um, and things like that. Her her friends' parents are in their late thirties, you know, early forties. Sure. And you know, my wife and I show up with canes and oxygen tanks. So <laughs> you know, you know, I don't know if that's a little bit embarrassing for you know either of my girls, but uh, but yeah, I am I well, am definitely old enough to have children at age. My 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 wife and I uh, we're on the other end of the spectrum. We had uh, kids really young. Uh, which, you know, those are two fine options, you know, have, have kids early or have kids late. We always just advise people don't do both. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Cause yeah, th- there's certainly some kind of syndrome or complex going on when, you know, your older child shows up and could be like an older uncle or, you know, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Well, I, I just meant from the perspective of then your whole life is ruined. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, then there's that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got and, that too. Absolutely. Just, just kidding. Uh, kids and, are wonderful. Yeah, I love yeah. all three of mine. Yeah. And I took the other way altogether. No kids at all, and and <laughs> that just made sure that I didn't uh, hate anybody. <laughs> <laughs> How's that working out for you? <laughs> so far, it's just fine. Yeah, I, you know. Um, uh, but I'm I'm told I I haven't aged the way that uh, other people are about the same age. Dwayne, uh, you said that you got a birthday coming up in July. Uh, as a July birthday myself, uh, I got to ask what what day are, is your birthday? Uh, birthday is July 9th. and so I don't know about you, but when when I was younger, when you know when you're younger, you're always I was at least always interested as to you know which famous people you know yeah. fall on my birthday. Oh and sure. So I got one from either extremes of I guess popularity. So Tom Hanks birthday oh, is yeah. July 9th. And on the other end, there's OJ Simpson, whose birthday mm. is July 9th as well. So mm. uh <laughs> yeah, so it's not easy to guess which one I'm claiming these days, but yeah. Um right. yeah, so July 9th is the day. Oh I uh I'm just a couple days before yours, July 7. And I share a birthday, and and this I've found to be perfectly uh, fitting. Uh, it's Pete Best, and for those of you who don't know who Pete Best is, if you Google him, you'd discover that he's the fifth Beatle who left the band because he thought they weren't going to go anywhere. 
Now th- that's got to <laughs> suck for him. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, and they brought in Ringo Starr as the drummer instead, and uh, the rest is history. So wow. that yeah, that's that's got to stink. I was watching. Um, I get yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I, I don't know if you, either of you have seen it, but it was a I couple did, yeah. of, uh, you know, band members who who bailed on the group before it became Queen, uh, yeah. you know, thinking that this, we're never going to go anywhere besides playing these dive bars. And then here comes Live Aid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, Dwayne, uh, one of the questions I always like to ask our uh comedians who are on the show um we've heard a couple of your clips we we learned about uh how the word lit has become in your daughter's vocabulary that was over a year ago i don't even know if they're still using that word um we learned that uh, you like to lie about your age but the other way uh so I, i'm hearing we've got family we've got age is there a particular area of comedy that is a a, a good hot button subject for you or something that's like this is a go-to for me I like doing this. Everybody likes it when I go there. Uh, what's what's kind of a favorite uh, topic or subject for you? So uh, what I try to do in the audiences I perform in front of is just pick content that's relative. So um, that that a majority of the people in the room can relate to. So family is always relative. You know, most people have families, you know, are parents or have children. Um, and then the experiences um, around, you know, around family, around children, around, you know, if, if there's, if, if the audience appears to skew upward in age, then, you know, I, I have that in common. Um, the most relative thing in any audience that I perform in front of, something that we all can relate to in the room is me. Like you can see me, you mm-hmm. can hear me, you know what I look like, you know what I sound like. So I use myself as um, the centerpiece of of a lot of of a lot of of a lot of material. Um, I'll stray away from that, you know, whenever I whenever I need to. But that's always and I'll always try to pick something in the room that people can you know put their eyes on and go, oh, he noticed that and he's joking about that, you know. And that's usually done on the spot, you know. As soon as I walk into a venue, I'm looking around, or you know, there may be a person there who's you know, very flamboyantly dressed or dressed very differently or something that happened in the room that, you know, no one can ignore or the way the room is set up. So just just things that are relative that a lot of people can, you know, uh, you know, find a common kind of common base for. Um, My comedy, man, it's um, it's it's anecdotal, I guess, you know, for the most part. I'm not real a stickler on about you know, things being true. I know I hear a lot of comedians go, you know, let me, you know, let me tell you a true story. Some of these things are true. Like my, my daughter does use the, does use the word lit. I never told her to stop unlighting things because I have to pay the bill. That was just a funny <laughs> time, I thought, you know, for that word. But, um, so I'm not such a stickler about, you know, things being true. I, I want them to be funny. You know, I don't, you know, I don't care if, if I'm listening to a comedian, I don't care if this story is true or not. If, if it's funny, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in on it. So, but yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, most of the things are anecdotal. Here's a situation. Here's the funny in it. Um, here's the punchline. Um, I used to like, it's, it's so funny. Like when I, when I started doing comedy, I thought I'd be a storyteller. I thought I'd, you know, do these stories and people can take the journey with me on a ride. And 
I quickly abandoned that uh, approach to comedy when I was doing a show and about 30 seconds into the three minute story, I lost I lost the audience. I, they weren't Ooh. following the story anymore because, you know, a story will, you know, take some highs and lows and, you know, usually on the highs in this comedy ride, you know, you want some, you want some laughter, you want some feedback. So I'm taking them on what I thought was a comedy high through this story and no laughter a couple of times. And I'm like, oh man, this is, and so the downfall of that was, it was going to be another two and a half minutes before I could get out of this, you know, before I could get out of this. <laughs> and I had to put myself in, you know, so I said, no, man, I don't, I don't want to necessarily, you know, tell jokes from, from, from that perspective. So I just, you know, again, it's, it's anecdotal, it's, it's situational. It's, uh, you know, here's, here's a funny instance. Um, here's why I think it's funny. Here's the punchline. And, and, uh, so I like to do, I like to use transitions, natural, some, some transitions are more natural than others and others I will, you know, set up, you know, the transitions with, uh, a linking sentence or a linking concept or even a linking word, you know, um, if, if I tell a joke and then I'll, I'll extract one word from that joke to transition into another joke. I, I, I really appreciate that t- comedy delivered in that form. And um, it suggests to me, maybe not to others, that some preparation and some professionalism went into you know, went into your, you know, forming your set. So I'm, I'm always um, a stickler about, you know, transitions. Again, it's not so important to other comedians and they'll tell you right on stage. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't do transitions or whatever. I do. I like them. I think it, I think the flow, you know, works well for me uh, in transitions, but yeah, but I thought it was bold of you, Brian, to include me on your show, which I'm grateful for and appreciative of, because you had never seen me perform. I mean, I know you said you saw the clips. You thought they were funny enough, but you know, that's, that's pretty bold to put together a show and give, trust me with a chunk of your time. And you'd never seen me perform before. I thought that was pretty bold. Or stupid. (laughs) (laughs) No. uh, Yeah. Just from the clips, it was very clear. It's like, okay, well that's this, material this performing style uh this ability is there i I don't have to look farther he's all set um we had ryan rowe as a guest guest earlier and um he was another performer in the show yes absolutely not met him before whereas leslie battle um i had done a show uh a year earlier at a an american legion hall or or a, a kiwanis or something like that where um, we'd both been on the show and I, I just kept in touch with her after that because I thought, oh yeah, she's great. And then she was willing to come from out of town and 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 do the show. So I was looking for things like that. But when we do clean comedy time, um, we don't usually draw a lot of attention to this, but one of the things that Aaron and I um, just have promised ourselves is our shows are always going to uh, represent as much diversity as possible. He and I are a couple of white guys. And so um, for us, it's just really important that we say, okay, well, we're going to have women on the show and we're going to have people of color. And, and then if we can also span a variety of ages, I think we do our, our best to, to cover all those bases. Um, And if we got the opportunity to, um, um, to have uh, differently abled people on there. So it wasn't a pure ableist show. I, I know we would do that as well. 
so um, it's it's important to us to be there, and um, and so the comedy that you brought was what made my decision easy, um, and and that you're a, a gentleman of color made it easier, and um, and made me feel like okay, this I I can bring this to this a very white suburban church where we're gonna perform, and uh, and I'm gonna be doing the thing that was important to us when we started this, uh, this process of, uh, having a clean county time show, you know, and along with that too, it's, it's funny. Cause it, uh, it, it sounds like, Oh yeah, we're, we're doing this, uh, to be inclusive, uh, and that, but in actuality, it just makes for a great show, you know, a, a lineup sure. that's got diversity and a lineup that's got a wide range of people involved in it. Um, it's much more interesting to engage with. So, uh, you know, it, it's, I think, uh, you know, both Brian and I are, are happy about and proud about the fact that we try to share opportunities with a diverse group of people, but it's a little self-serving as well because it makes for a great show. Yeah. No, that, that's, uh, that's so true. And I, I appreciate that perspective. I know as an African-American black, I'm black, uh, person and, and, furthermore black comedian so it was at least when i first started it was you know kind of tough trying to find my footing and the kind of comedy i wanted to do so i started doing comedy primarily in the city city of, of philadelphia and parts of philadelphia that were primarily black and i'm in front of black audiences and um urban you know very urban area and those audiences appreciate more you know, my experience, more urban content. And that's not kind of comedy I was ever strictly interested in. Now, in order to gain my footing initially, and we're going back some years here, to gain my footing initially, it's the kind of comedy I did. And and that was just to be able to stay on stage with the audience's um, uh, approval, so to speak, you know, for the the entirety of my set. I I didn't want to lose them like I did in the three minute story, you know, Mm -hmm. um, anecdote I told. I didn't want to lose them right off the bat because I wasn't doing a type of comedy that that they had come to see. So, you know, that's the kind of comedy I was I was delivering. And it was such a conflict for me, um, you know, back then is that, okay, the only time only way I'm going to get stage time is to do, quote unquote, urban material, um, but go home you know, or drive away from the venue kicking myself because that's not the comedian I, I want to be. And it, and it just, I, I got to a point where I had to, I, I, I had to stop doing it. I, I was talking to a comedian after a show. It was in Philadelphia. It was after a show. And I'd done my set. I think it was about a 15, 20 minute set. And I, I, I did well, you know, crowd responded well. And the host comes up to me after the show. And it was a guy that they had brought in from New York. Um, and he says to me, dude, you had, a, you had a good set, man. You know, what's the problem? And, and I told him what the problem was. I said, this is not what I want to do. And he said, I have, you know, a three word answer to your problem. Stop doing it. He said, stop, stop doing it. Stop putting yourself in rooms and in places that you don't want to be. And the sooner that you do that, he said, the sooner it will be for you to find yourself in the rooms and the places that you do want to be. So I stopped, I stopped doing that type of comedy. Now I had made a lot of friends, had done a lot of shows with um, a lot of comedians and I was getting a lot of calls. I was, I was busy. I was, you know, doing work. I was able to travel to different States, you know, close to me, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, North New York, Connecticut, 
you know, um, and do a bunch of shows. And then guys were calling me for shows. Hey, D, you know, everyone called me D back then. Um, but anyway, hey, D, uh, you know, I got the show coming up. You know, they tell me where it is and I'd go, no, I, I don't want to do it. And then, you know, after about, you know, a half a dozen no's, they don't call you anymore because they know what the they know what the, the answer is going to be. And so I, I really had to sit down and like really decide, OK, you gonna ride this thing out or, you know, what are you going to do? And then, you know, as a as a godsend or an intervention, um, a buddy of mine I had done a show for a couple years before gave me a call out of the blue. And we were talking and he said, hey, man, I got this idea of doing all clean mainstream comedy content and he said you were the first person i thought of and he was out in harrisburg oh, PA, which, which for me was about a two-hour drive maybe a little over two hours and he said mm. you were the first person i thought of would you be interested in coming out and doing a series of show for me shows for me and I, and i just i just sat back in 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 my car he, he caught i was in the car i was talking to him on the cell and i just sat back in in my car seat and just went wow here i was you know, really, really contemplating, you know, my next steps and trying to deliver the type of comedy that I want to deliver. And then I get this call. And so that kind of, and th- so that, so that's probably going back about 10 years or so, but, you know, that kind of revitalized myself, you know, with the kind of comedy I wanted to do. And then I met some people from the CCA, the, the Christian Comedy Association, and um, uh, Al Smith was the my connection in. It's just kind of weird, you know, Brian, the way that you and I met, um, you know, and, and the opportunity for the show is how I met, um, Al, um, or met some of the members of the CCA and who had never seen me perform at all before either, but, um, had seen a clip of what I was doing. They invited me to do, um, the, the CCA, uh, Christian Comedy Association showcase for the Northeast, maybe four or five years ago. And then that started a run, you know, with some of those guys, um, uh, you know, from the CCA, I've, I've done probably three showcases for them, and then, you know, traveled up to Rhode Island with uh, with some uh, some of the other comics, and did, you know, some of the other um, some of the other um, clean comedy stuff, you know, in my area, and you know, with the um, opportunities to to travel a little bit. But yeah, but that was that was a really really tough thing, and uh, so. But now I found where I belong. I'm going to stay where I belong, and uh, it's just you know, it's just some type of assurance that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Awesome. How, how would you describe yourself more? Uh, are you, would you say that you're, you lean more toward clean comedy in general, or do you lean more toward being a Christian comedian or somewhere in the middle? Where do you find yourself? I've never been asked that question. So I've never thought about it, but in, <laughs> and, 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 no, I, I really, so, but in thinking about it, I would say, I would say, in the middle. So all of the comedy that I perform, I think about is clean. It's, 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 it's all clean. It's, it's wholesome. It's family. I've done shows, you know, with uh 10 year old kids in the crowd, as well as, you know, 80 year old grandmothers uh, in, in the crowd and every, everything. So, so it's all clean. That's, that's how I think. Now I live my life and I tell people I live my life. I'm, I'm a faith-based Christian. I'm a faith-based person that's how I, I choose to live my life. And so that's how I choose to do my comedy. So in the other scenario that I described to you, you know, I'm, there was a huge conflict for me because, you know, as my life started to change to more faith, faith based, um, I was still doing comedy in venues that contradicted that. So I was doing comedy 
you know, I would describe to people, I'm doing comedy in places I wouldn't go to see comedy. So that that created a, a, a huge conflict for me. So again, so I, I just stopped. I just said, I'm, I'm not I'm not doing that anymore. So I wanted my comedy and wanted, you know, that endeavor to mirror the, the, the type of life that, that I was living. But if I had to describe the comedy I do, I, you know, I, I would say somewhere in the middle, but I would say I'm a clean comedian. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I, I'd say I'm, I'm a clean comedian. Now, I, I feel just as comfortable being in a church doing comedy and as I do outside of a church doing comedy. It's, you know, I'm, uh, my sets don't change that much. Maybe some of the language, I mean, I, I have some very, very, um, Christian focused and centered jokes um, that talk about, you know, biblical references and, you know, things like that, which I can say easily in a church. But then I have so much material that doesn't have to do anything about Christianity or the Bible or biblical characters that I can deliver outside of a church, which m- makes me just as comfortable. So, however, you know, whoever saw my co- comedy and however they want to describe it, cool with me it's just it's just gonna be clean someone asked me for a bio um i did uh my college a couple years ago i went to the university of virginia and uh they wanted to book me for a reunion that they were doing and they wanted a bio and my bio the last words in my bio are i'm unapologetically clean and that's what you're gonna get yeah and i thank you so much uh i would describe myself uh very similarly I try to use the expression, I'm a comedian who's a Christian. Um, so I have church material. I have material working years of working in ministry organizations. But the majority of the shows I do are going to be outside of churches where that may not make sense to everybody in the room. So uh, that's where I, I really focus my material. But when I get to do a church show, then... I will bring the church specific material that, uh, that I've honed over the years as well. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, I'm going to take us in a little different direction because I got one more clip of yours. I want to play. And, uh, it just reminds me of, um, you know, how tired we all are right now. Right. Cause when you were younger, when I was younger in my twenties and thirties, I wanted somebody who looked a certain way, acted a certain way, dressed a certain way. When you get a certain age, all you want is somebody who's going to get sleepy around the same time. you. <laughs> <laughs> so are you more? <laughs> Love is never right more defined than a well-coordinated act. <laughs> That's for sure. Absolutely. My, my wife and I, we use sleep. We use naps. It's our love language. That's how we work. <laughs> That's how we work with each other. She'll look at me and she'll go, hey, boy. I go, hey, girl. She'll go, uh, you trying to do a little something? I'm like, yeah, you trying to do a little something? Uh, yeah, that is uh, one of the things that uh, my wife and I really appreciated about your set. It was the uh, naps as a love language uh, that was very identifiable. <laughs> I, um, yeah, uh, so that clip, that clip reminds me of that joke. I don't know if I've done that joke since uh that day but naps are huge in 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 our relationship right now they are huge it's uh it's funny we were watching a movie shortly ago my wife and i were watching a movie and in the movie there was this couple who came home from an event and it was right around midnight that they came home maybe after midnight and they got into a heated discussion an argument that lasted all night until the sun came up 
And I looked at my wife. I said, you know what's amazing about this movie? Neither one of them went to sleep. You know, I, I told her that. I said, how could they how could they have stayed up all night? You know, uh, you know, d- during this, you know, this uh, fictional um, fictitious argument. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, Naps are huge where we live. I love the expression, you know, no, don't let the sun go down in your anger. Don't go to bed angry. You know, but, but we're tired. <laughs> Just go and, to bed. Yeah. I tell you what, I love you. We're going to figure this out. Let's go to sleep. We'll pick it up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. How did you and uh, your wife meet? Wow, that's a that's a I haven't had to tell this story uh, in a while. So I've been married uh, 25 years, and uh, the 25th anniversary was in September of this past year. So congratulations! We, thank you so much. Um, we met innocently enough. A buddy of mine who I went to high school with, okay, was a friend of hers during her college years. A, a gentleman who actually wound up being the best man um, at our wedding. So. Um, he introduced us, not with the intentions of us ever getting together as a couple. His mother at the time was getting married for a, a second time. Um, and he invited me as a guest to this wedding. And I, I knew his mother from high school. And he invited my wife, Judy, as a, as a separate guest to this wedding. We sit at the same table. He introduces us. You know, we 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 hit it off, you know, as as friends. She actually was dating someone when I mm-hmm. met her. Um, I thought she was cute, but, I, you know, I thought she was attractive. I was attracted to her, but I didn't think anything past that. And one of the 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 things that stood out about the wedding, she's she, I, I am. I, I love weddings. I love events. I love social events. And I like to dance. And my wife d- does not know how to dance. Didn't was not <laughs> coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> was was not coordinated in dancing, and I remember pulling her onto the dance floor <laughs> to teach her to just to get her to move, you know, get get her to move, and uh, so that's how we met. We eventually got together as a couple. So the the other guy who I mentioned, who wound up being the best man in our wedding, um, we the three of us would go out as uh you know as 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 a trio. We would you know go hang out at concerts go hang out, uh, uh, movies. We would just uh, to go eat, you know, happy hour, whatever we would hang out. So I remember calling her one day and I said, Hey, you know, what are you doing? You know, Friday night, just wanted to know if you wanted to get together and hang out. And so she immediately says, uh, is, is, is our friend coming? His name is Noah. She says, she says, is, is Noah coming? Is he available? And I said, you know what? I didn't even think about him, you know, on, on this call. And uh, so we we went on our first date after that call and mm-hmm. pretty much been together uh, ever since. Um, you know, we overcame some distance. I moved away in the 90s down to North Carolina. She eventually made her way down to North Carolina. We moved to she the part of New Jersey that we live right now, South Jersey, right outside of Philly is where she's from, where she grew up. So we moved back, you know, to this area about 20 years ago. And since we've been back, you know, we started our family, and that's where the uh, the very enlightened seventeen year old, you know, <laughs> came uh, came to be, and then followed shortly by uh, a thirteen year old now uh, by an, another daughter. But yeah, but that's but that's how things all came together. We met at a wedding. 
Nice. Oh, that's an awesome story, Dwayne. Thank you so much. Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. This pandemic has shown that nobody knows what tomorrow will bring. It's changed comedy. We miss performing in person. We're looking forward to laughing together again just as soon as it is safe and appropriate to do so. So what are we doing about that? Well, we are booking live shows for future dates. And while we ramp up, we're waiving deposits and cancellation fees. So contact us today to bring clean comedy time to your local comedy club, church, corporate event, or fundraiser. Whatever you got, we can be there. We are easy to find at cleancomedytime.com. Until then, stay home, stay safe, wear a mask, and wash your hands. Well, Dwayne, thank you so much uh, for sharing in the first half about your comedic journey and your family life and uh, so many other components of uh, who you are. As you, uh, I'm sure you probably know in this podcast, uh, we talk about the good, the bad, and the funny. And now that we've talked funny, uh, what's going well in your life right now? Um, yeah, no, I do uh, I do appreciate that question. So, um, you know, like you said, I've shared about, you know, my family, the, the three women uh, I live with. and um, if anything in my life is going well, it's 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 that um, atmosphere, that environment, you know, in my life. So things are different for everybody from a COVID perspective. You know, we we've had to spend so much more time uh, in the house together, and um, and teenage girls. One teenage girl can be challenging. Add another one in the mix. Uh, in the household, and you know your, your your challenges go up exponentially, just from a uh, personality standpoint, a, a you know an an, an attitude standpoint. Um, but the girls, I mean, I could not be more happier with the set of of children that um, I was blessed with. Um, my my seventeen year old, she will be a rising senior this this year, and she's just so ambitious, man, um, about getting into a good college, about um, about just being, you know, very thorough about any endeavor that she uh, embarks on. She's in several clubs, uh, a women, a women's empowerment club. She's in a, a, a change the world diversity club. I mean, so many sounds, things. Sounds like you're really proud of her. Oh my gosh. This, this, this girl is just, she's just so ambitious. And um, so what she does, you know, again, so she'll be a rising senior. So she's really, really staunch right now about getting into a good college. So she she signed up for these SAT preparatory classes, which, you know, forces her to be, you know, focused academically on on times that, you know, normal 17 year olds olds wouldn't be. So on a arbitrary Friday night when, you know, teenagers are you know, socially driven. What am I going to do now? You know, who am I going to call? Who am I going to hook up with? She will lock herself in a, in, in a room and for three hours take an SAT course. So she has to, she has to, she's a series of SAT courses, you know, practice courses that she has to, that she is signed up to take. And I think she's on number three and they'll last throughout the school year. And her goal is to get better each time, you know, so her final SAT score, when she takes it her senior year will, will allow her 
to, you know, be able to look more attractive to other colleges. So that's just how she's driven. Now with, with two of them, you know, the, the personalities <laughs> don't, don't match. So my 13 year old is precocious, um, wrapped up in curiosity and defiance and, and all that good stuff. So she's, she's our, cha- our challenged, uh, our challenge child, but she's the sweetest thing. Like she just out of the blue, she'll just come up to me and my wife and hug us. And I love you. And, you know, what are you doing? And, you know, how can I hang out? In fact, tonight before uh, we started this conversation, her and I were watching Thor Ragnarok, the 13 year old, we were watching Thor Ragnarok for, I don't know, the 12th time or whatever it is. And, you know, like really talking to each other about, you know, the nuances of that movie. But um, so yeah, so she's a, she's a little more defiant. So she'll, you know, she'll challenge us, um, respectfully so, because, you know, we've kind of laid down that law that, you know, we will give you room to, for your personalities to come out, but you just can't be disrespectful about it. But, you know, she, she challenges things. She asks questions as to, you know, why, which we're happy to provide the answers why, but she, she wants to know, you know, why are you requesting this of me? And is, why is this expectation so high? And, you know, no, I don't want to do that now. I don't feel like doing it now. It's so interesting to hear hear you talk about your two daughters because, uh, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, they're they're two very different uh, kids, and I and I can just hear it in the 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 slight shift in tone of your voice. You know, you you love them both very much, and uh, and the younger one, while she uh, might buck heads with you a little bit more, uh, it's it's clear that you you look at that almost as a uh, um, you know, as a, uh, you know, as an opportunity or expression of intelligence or expression of who she is, you know, you, it's, it seems to me like you look at that as a very good thing. I do. I, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative of the, the different personality types, you know, that we have. And it's, it's interesting. You said, I look at it like an opportunity, you know, which I do, you know, for both the girls. And I think I mentioned before that, you know, we're a faith-based family. So, you know, our direction comes from, our faith. And so there's very, very, you know, clear cut um, behaviors that, that God wants us to emulate with each other and with our children. And, you know, we, I, we try to follow that as, as, as best we can, but every, so every situation, Aaron is, is an opportunity to teach, to communicate, to communicate, you know, the, the will of God through the Bible and, you know, just to, just to live your, your, your life that way. And, you know, so, you know, so they may not, especially the younger one may not, you know, understand exactly the, the language of the Bible or the intent of the, the biblical message, but it's an opportunity for me to explain that and how it relates to her and us and our family, um, as, as a bigger picture. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I know, um, you know, I can speak personally on that. It's, uh, um, it's really a valuable, valuable tool to be able to fall back on faith in, uh, in family situations to, to know that, uh, that we're all children of God and that there's a, a bigger purpose and, and, uh, and, and all that. It's, it's, uh, a wonderful thing to have faith at the heart of a family. It, it is, man. It's uh, it, it presents a um, a groundedness, you know, um, you know, for you for you to always, you know, stay connected to for you for for you to have a a, a foundation that you know 
you know, that, that drives you, that, that, you know, that, that spurs you on in, in your thoughts, what is it, your action, your thoughts and your deeds, you know, and, and, and even, you know, the way, the way you relate to people. And so, yeah, so that's, so that's how we, uh, so that's how we get down, you know, as, as we say, that's how we get down in, uh, yeah. in, in our household. And then my wife, you know, I talked about it, we, you know, we're, we're 25 years in and, um, you know, anyone who's been married that long and, and you don't have to be married that long, you, you understand how tough an, of an institution, you know, that is to maintain. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that has not, you know, that journey has not come without its, its ups and downs. But um, I got to be real honest, man, the, the last uh, year or so, um, just as we were coming up on 25, I mean, things have just gotten so much, you know, better for us. I think there's a, uh, you know, d- d- a deeper appreciation, at least I know from my end, and, you know, you guys might have to have my wife on the Clean Comedy you know, podcast <laughs> for her to corroborate, you know, these feelings. But, you know, at least from my end, man, there's just such a, a deep appreciation for her and who she is to me. And. You know, man, man, I just I just want to marinate on that for a second because I'm I'm right there with you. I'd say that uh, my relationship with my wife is stronger now than it ever has been, and it's grown increasingly strong over this period of COVID and lockdown and and all of these things. And man, how awesome is it that in the midst of all of the stats that are not encouraging, all of the things about domestic violence going up, all of the things about relationships ending and all of the difficulties. And I just, I'm so happy for you and, and frankly happy for myself that, um, that relationships can get stronger in the midst of that. So kudos to you, sir. Yeah. And, and uh, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you too. And I'm happy for all those who are experiencing, you know, an uptick, in their uh, home relationships, if it's, you know, husband to wife, you know, father to children, mother to children, you know, which, whichever way it goes, because you're right, it, it, it could have gone south and has so gone south for so many people, but that's not the case. So if, if you ask me, you know, what's, what's going good, man, you know, uh, the, 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 the activity in between my household walls is just, is going so good right now, man. I, I, I love those three ladies. I, I do. Well, I, I love hearing it, my friend. I love hearing the tone of your voice as you talk about them. And, uh, you know, pride pride is so often used in a negative context, especially uh, when it comes to church folk, you know. But uh, to be proud of your family, to be proud of your relationships, to be proud of the things that are important, man, I think that's great. Thanks for sharing that, Dwayne. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of uh, you have righteous pride, righteous anger, righteous joy. Uh, it, it's all good when it's properly placed preach <laughs> yeah right well yeah the, the, the key word you know being righteous i you know think of somewhere in the bible says that david says i've never seen the righteous forsaken so right every every emotion every you know feeling every action you know can be on the righteous side you know in god's eyes and so we you know we just have to remember to act accordingly So, Dwayne, there. Uh, thanks again for sharing those things that are going well. Uh, there's, of course, a flip side. Everybody I talk to has some things that are going well and some things that they're struggling with. Uh, what's a struggle for you, my friend? Uh, I will self-admittedly tell you I have many struggles. I struggle with eating Brussels sprouts. I don't understand mm. this vegetable. I don't Preach. understand <laughs> Brussels sprouts. And people tell me that I haven't eaten them prepared in the correct way. 
And I go, I don't know if there is a prepared, correct way to eat Brussels sprouts. Let's, you know, eliminate the Brussels sprout from um, American culture or any culture. I'm just going to, I'm just going to help you out here. Bacon. Bacon is the key. You put a lot of bacon in there with the Brussels sprouts and it's delicious. (laughs) And I can also just eat bacon. Yeah. Right. 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 I can do that. Um, you know what else I struggle with, man? I struggle with subtitles on programs that are not in English or even just closed captioning subtitles. I find myself reading more than I do watching. I don't know if either of you two struggle with that. That's hard for me. Like my daughters, <laughs> like they like to watch programming with the subtitles on. So they're like, if it's a quiet you know, part of the program, we can read what they're saying. But I'm reading the whole time. I'm not watching, <laughs> listening. So I really struggle with that. Um, the winds are not as tough too. So um I don't know if you guys either one of you guys have that down. Yeah, the Windsor knot is a tough is a tough tie. Is you talking about a single Windsor, a double Windsor? Um see it, again, I didn't know that there was levels to that. Yeah, I don't are. know. Yeah. So yeah. So any Windsor is a tough Windsor. But I'll I'll, I'll get a little more serious. So I, I had this conversation earlier today uh with my brother in law. And I I had it a a couple weeks ago with my wife. And so this is a new, a newer revelation for me that I'm struggling with, am I maximizing my total self in every endeavor I do? So, um, uh, so my wife caught me looking through some old, newspaper clippings um recently i was a um i was an all-american track athlete when i was a a high school senior and i was recruited by goodness gracious uh, i don't know 100 schools and um wound up running track at the uh, at the university of virginia so i got nostalgic recently and i was looking back through some old newspaper clippings and you know just kind of remembering some races and she's she says what do you think about those things now and I told her, I don't think I maximized who I could have been as an athlete. Now, you know, people hear that and they go, wow, you were All-American. You were state champion. You were a scholarship athlete in, in college. You, yeah, I could have I could have did more. I, I, I could have been better. And so I, that thought spurred on, am I fully maximizing who I'm supposed to be just generally? And so, you know, I, I use that in, in relation to comedy in relation to my marriage, in relation to relationships, me as a father, me as an employee, um, just every everything. And so, um, you know, so I'm 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 struggling with that right now because I, you know, again, self admittedly, I'm going no, you're you're not maximizing, you know, who you who you can be. Um, yeah, I'm told I'm a good person. I'm told that my work is sufficient is above sufficient, but am I, am I maximizing? Am I getting all, am I, you know, wringing the towel dry on, on who I'm supposed to be? And I don't think that I am. So, you know, I am getting older and, you know, we talked earlier, Aaron, about opportunities, man. I I still feel like I have so many more opportunities at, you know, God willing, so many more opportunities to, to keep wringing that towel dry and just to, to get everything out of, what I'm, what I'm supposed to be. And, um, so, you know, so, so you go through this thing of, you know, and uh, are you living in purpose or you, you know, you know, so, so that, so that's another thing that kind of, you know, kind of, you know, and it's, and it's my thought, like is, is, is what I'd like to do 
me living in my purpose because I like to play golf. I'm pretty sure my purpose is not, mm-hmm. you know, to keep enjoying playing golf. So, you know, so <laughs> I, I, I was um, I was interviewed uh, about a year or so ago at a church after a show I did. And so we talked about comedy and, you know, what comedy does in the context of of a ministry. Like, it, it is, is this a ministry? And, you know, I, I don't know if, if it is a ministry, but if, if the ministry is connecting with people, then yeah, then probably it is a ministry. I don't know if, if, if funny is a ministry or the art of comedy is a ministry, but if it's the ministry of connecting and encouraging and providing, you know, laughter as a medicine for people, then yeah, it, it, it can be a ministry. So, you know, so I, so I kind of, you know, kind of go back and forth, like, you know, we, you know, I, the three of us are, are longer in the tooth, you know, as far as our, you know, chronological ears, uh, years are concerned. So, yeah, so with, so I often do self-reflection and even, you know, knowing that I have, you know, the years in front of me are sh- way shorter than the years that are trailing me at this point. Um, you know, what can I do? What, what, you know, what can I do to, to make the, the years in front of me, uh, you know, maximized, you know, what, you know, what am I, am I getting the, the most out of the years that are left in, in front of me? So, man, you know, thanks, that, that, Dwayne, thanks, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sharing that. That's uh that's a lot. What you just said. Can I, can I share a couple observations? With I, you? I, I would love it if you did. All right. Um, the kind of one of the things that jumped out when you first started talking is you said, am I maximizing myself in every endeavor? And man, that, that sounds terrifying to me. Ooh. That sounds like an impossible standard. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I, I guess it is terrifying. You know, um, we're supposed to walk a little boldly. So I, I, I heard this sermon recently ago and, it, you know, the, the, the speaker of the sermon was talking about, you know, aspiring to, to live into God's will. And he talked about exactly sort of what you just said, like how overwhelming that is, how terrifying it is, how just perhaps overburdening it is to imagine and conceptually think about walking in that way, you know, that, that's so, that's so magnanimous, right. To walk in that way. But what he said to break it down that made a whole lot of sense to me was that the pursuit of that will make it worth it. No, you might not ever reach potential. You know, the, the, I might not ever reach my maximum potential and I might, or we may not ever reach the, you know, to the letter, the way that God wants us to live out our life, but the pursuit of it will get me light years ahead of where I am now and where I would be otherwise. Yeah, I I get that, but man, I'm uh, like, I feel like I've fallen on the flip side of that uh, in the in the past. I know I've had times when I've really struggled with the spirit of discontentment. Mm-hmm. I've I've had like from the outside looking in, it seemed like everything was good and everything was, uh, you know, I was going in the right direction and everything was progressing right along. But inside, I felt like after I achieve this, this, and this, then maybe I can be happy. And something pivoted in me, something changed a little bit in me to where I started looking at calling. I started looking at purpose, not as a, as a 10 step plan, but as a right now today, the little things type type deal, you know, where 
you know, I didn't have to, uh, I didn't have to worry so much about achieving and maximizing and, and getting everything. I, I just had to worry about finding the opportunities to connect genuinely with people, you know, to laugh with people, to, uh, you know, talk with people, to do those, those things. I, I find that I'm at my best when I'm looking at the small things as opposed to the, the big things. I don't know if that means anything or makes any sense to you, but that's something that was very impactful to me, uh, changing my focus a little bit on that. Yeah, no, it does make sense, right? So if I'm looking at a, a plate of, uh, of eight Brussels sprouts, it looks <laughs> intimidating, but if I eat one at a time, you know, I, you know, eventually I might finish them. I doubt it, but you know, but no, <laughs> I, I, I didn't just saying to look at, <laughs> to look at the little, you know, the little incremental instances and to, to, to be, you know, to, to, to get the most out of, out of those interactions, um, you know, as, as you can. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no. That, that's uh, it, just when you said the Brussels sprouts again, uh, you know, it reminded me of a time when I actually uh, went in to talk to the lead pastor of a church and, and I had a uh, fall on your face time with God the night before I had a time of repentance. I had a time of seeking his face with the new, uh, vigor, you know, and, and I came into that church and I talked to the pastor and I said, put me to work, put me to work, uh, scrubbing toilets, doing whatever. I just, I, I feel the need to come in and serve. And he's like, well, do you play bass guitar? And I said, yeah, I, I do, but that's not what I'm talking about. You know, I, I gotta find some way to suffer for God, you know? And, and he said, you know, <laughs> we can serve God doing what we love. You know, we can have fun while we're doing it. It doesn't have to be the plate full of Brussels sprouts, you know. <laughs> and, and Aaron, both you and I being bass players in uh, church groups from time to time, we can attest that that is suffering for God. So. <laughs> yeah, or at least yeah. when I play, then the audience is suffering. hey <laughs> Right. So, so that, so that kind of, you know, brings this thing, uh, you know, full circle to, to comedy and, and, you know, me, you know, me, um, trying to find out, you know, what, what purpose is and, you know, if indeed in some way, you know, presenting comedy, presenting opportunities for laughter, you know, pre presenting that skill set, you know, uh, to people who may need it is I do believe a service to God and, 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 and to that purpose. So again, so I'll, I'll go back to, you know, the statement I made before, if, if the ministry, you know, while doing comedy is the ministry of connection and encouraging, you know, I know Brian, you talked about, you know, being in church atmospheres where you can deliver, um, you know, church-based, uh, biblical-based, you know, comedy, um, you know, my, myself as well. And, and I really, you know, during those times, I mean, I've taken the opportunity during those times to, you know, talk about, you know, some of the things that are going well for me, you know, biblically. And I'll just, I'll just add this little thing, you know, that uh, my wife and I are, are debt-free today because of biblical wow, principles. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, it's it's, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal for us. Right. So, so we, 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 you know, went through, uh, you know, some classes, Dave Ramsey. I don't know if you guys are familiar with who Dave oh, sure. Ramsey is, but I've yeah, heard so, of him. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's great. He's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So we, so we completed the, the Dave Ramsey financial peace university steps became debt-free. We've, we've also taught 
two classes, led two financial peace classes. Um, so anyway, I've done comedy in churches and I've taken the opportunity to talk about that, to talk about, you know, from God, God's perspective, getting out of that financial bondage. And that, you know, that is, you know, what God's will is, you know, for our lives, to, for us to be free of, of any type of bondage. And then I was able to, you know, maneuver that into some to some jokes and, you know, to <laughs> some, something funny about it. I do I do a joke about, you know, while we were in debt, you know, significantly in debt. I would get calls. We would get calls from, you know, creditors often requesting for money. But now that we're debt free, we don't get those calls anymore. And I miss them. So I started calling the creditors, you know, just saying, hey, (laughs) connection here. You know, you just can't call me for seven years in a row and then all of a sudden stop, you know. So so I I take the opportunity to kind of flip it around. uh, But yet, but still while, you know, being encouraging. So, yeah. So you're right. So, yeah, we can serve God while doing the things that we love. Well, Dwayne, I, I think you're doing it, man. I, th- I think you've found your ministry. I think you've found mm-hmm. your calling. I think you've found the opportunity to maximize who you are. Um, I think you, you know, the, the again, the how proud you are of your family just comes through in everything you say and in, in your voice. It's, it's incredible. Um, you're proud of your craft. I, I think you're good at your craft and, and it's just admirable. I think you're right where you need to be. Um, um, I'm thrilled to hear about uh, the 25 year relationship uh, with your wife and with uh, the great relationship with your daughters. You're doing it, man. I'm, I count myself uh, privileged to know you and just learn a little bit about you during this time. I'm trying Brian uh, and Aaron. Thank you so much. I'm trying every day. Uh, Yeah, man. You know, it's, it's support from people like you guys who are out here doing this clean comedy thing and, you know, presenting venues for comedians like me you know, to make that connection and to, you know, connect with audiences we would not have otherwise, like in small towns in Pennsylvania. Uh, so guys can come over the bridge, over the New Jersey bridges and uh, and do some comedy. <laughs> oh, thank you, Dwayne. And uh, let's uh, give people a way to get a hold of you if they want to, if they want to learn more about Dwayne Brake, uh, hear some of your comedies, see some video clips, a website. What What's the best way for people to find you? Uh, best way for people to find me is to literally stop by my house. I mean that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're I'm, always there right now. Yeah, so absolutely. yeah, I'm there more than any place else. <laughs> but you know what, man? I feel like you know. And so this is one of the things, uh, Aaron, that that I'll talk about. Like like talk about maximizing everything you can do. You know, in every endeavor. I, I don't have a social media presence. I, I don't. I'm not interested in it. You know, I mean, uh, Brian, you and I, you know, connected through Facebook, but it's not a presence. It's I'm on Facebook. I, you know, I read some posts. I'll, you know, communicate, whatever. But I don't have a presence. But anyway, on YouTube, under my name, Dwayne Brake, there are several um, YouTube clips of me doing comedy, clean comedy, Christian comedy, something that you might be interested in. So. Uh, I would encourage anybody who is motivated after listening to this podcast to go and check it out. And then you can see how old I look or I don't look and, you know, me (laughs) funny or, you know, or, you know, what you think is it funny. Um, But yeah, so I don't, I don't have a website. I don't, I have, I have Facebook. I'm on Facebook, but again, I don't have a presence. So there's nothing on there where I'm telling you where my shows are coming up. I just, rely on the good people like Brian Atkinson and other people who know I do comedy to give me a call and say, Hey man, I got something you might be interested in, you know, come on through. But under YouTube, under my name, I'll give you my Facebook. It's 
you know, it's Dwayne. There's a middle section, D smooth break. And if you're going to ask me what D smooth is about, I can, I can give you that. But uh, Dwayne D smooth break is my face mate, uh, Facebook. D smooth is a high school nickname. Again, I ran track and I was good. I ran track and I was good. And so uh, a guy came up to me one day and he said, man, I'm going to call you D smooth. And so that it's been, it's been D smooth uh, ever since 1982. So Dwayne D smooth break on Facebook. YouTube, it's Dwayne Brake. And uh, yeah, so yeah, or, or go on Facebook, send me a message and book me for a show like Brian nice. did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dwayne, we will post uh, links to your YouTube channel and uh, to your Facebook as well as we produce the podcast. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was great talking to you. Man, this was a, a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, A.A. Ron, First time you and I are really communicating, but uh, uh, I appreciate the words you had to share. B.A., pun master, I appreciate you too, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from course language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you. 